My name is the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Because they came to who's house? Where'd you go to college? Syracuse? Syracuse? That's a basketball school. Let's play some basketball! Rain man, good to go. Hey coach, how are you? I'm good, Rain, I'm good. Thanks for doing this today. No problem. I'll have an English muffin if you got one. What's that? No, go ahead. I'm ready. I'm ready. This is the Sportzilla Show. Here's Rain and Scoot. Rain and Scoot. Rain and Scoot. 6965. A forced three by Joe Girardi did not shoot well. And then, of course, the dunk that sealed the deal down in Miami. We lost. Tough way to go into the ACC tournament. I think the win percentage we have for winning the whole thing and then, of course, earning a bid to the tournament to be part of March Madness is at like 2%. It's not looking good. But I guess we can always go with the, you're saying there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. We could also mention there was a jacket toss, and usually that ends up in our favor, Scoop. There was a jacket toss, and it did not end up in our favor. So, unfortunately, we got the thrill of uh, Jim Beheim jacket toss. We also did see him get a little bit stern with Buddy Beheim due to some lapses in defensive coverage. It's been an issue with Joe Girard. He's not very tall. Uh, he's not very long. And, of course, Buddy closing out on shooters. That that has been the weak part of the 2-3 zone. I don't know if that's what's led to the success of some other teams, but you could speculate that there is a, a chance that that is one of the reasons. But we did lose. I'll leave it there for now. You jump in, and then there's more to talk about. Well, look, we knew it was a long shot a week ago. Uh, it's easy to get distracted by, you know, a win and go, oh my gosh, we are we are prisoners of the moment. We win and think, oh, maybe we can turn it all around. Now look, there is a chance. You know, dumb and dumber, there you're saying there's a chance. And who is better at these tournaments, coaching for these tournaments, than Jim Beheim? All you gotta do is win one game at a time. That's all you gotta do. You, you keep it simple. I think it's doable, but I I see the 2% winning percentage chance, and I go, well, that's probably about right. You know, <laughs> I, I I might give them a little more of a chance than that, but I wouldn't give them much. I, I would like to see them go farther than anybody anticipates and knock off a few teams that they aren't expected to. I was hoping they'd end up with that fifth seed. Fifth seed. They didn't with the loss, so they're sixth seed. We're looking at Wednesday, 9-30, 9-30, Friday, and Saturday, uh, so 9.30, 9.30, 9.30, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 8.30. So you're going to be up late a little past your bedtime, at least some people are if you want to watch, if they make a run straight through. But I agree with you, Scoop. You know, if there's anybody that can somehow find a way, he's in a in that small list, that short list, that handful of coaches that I really, I just, I believe in Jim. I, I believe in his ability to galvanize a team, to push the right buttons, you know, and it's it's been this continuous. I think they shot was it twenty percent from three was was the number that jumped out of me. I mean, it's been a problem really the second half of the season of the ACC season or the conference schedule for them, and it's it's disconcerting to say the least. But they could get hot. They could get hot. You know, and it just you just have to win every game by one point. That's all you have to do. And I, I choose to always believe that's that's the homer in me, and I admit that. 
And if you are close at the end of the game, there's nobody better at coming up with that little wrinkle, that little coaching wrinkle, that tiny little bit of strategy, which can make all the difference in the world, putting out a lineup that you haven't seen before. That kind of makes the other coach think, all right, now how do I respond to this? Yeah, I mean, it's... He's great at that. He is. If, if Listen, I understand the reality of the situation, and I know the, the probability or the likelihood or whatever you want to call it, it's not very good. And I'm not ultimately expecting it. And I'm, I've probably reserved myself realistically to going, okay, it's going to be the NIT. But but they're going to play these games, and I'm hoping I'm hoping there's a lot of them. I'm hoping we play all of them. You know, I know we've got the first round by, but I'm looking forward to Wednesday. Yeah, you win that game, and you never know. Stranger things have definitely happened, Scoop. And yeah, Jim might be the guy to get it done. This is the Sports Illustrated Show here on ESPN Radio. Elijah Hughes, ACC first team. As far as that injury we heard in our Syracuse Sports Center with Seth, he has said it was a couple hours ago. The news was released that he said he is good to go. The knee hit Barama Sidibe, or he hit Barama Sidibe's knee with his head. He was a little woozy. He said he was good to go during the second half, but it wasn't really it's the concussion thing. So they're careful with that. He ended up not, but he says he's good to go for Wednesday night. I mean, it's a couple more days. He'll be all right. And hey, man, I mean, he's a guy. He's the player, the best player on the team, and he's the one that's gonna. The, they're gonna follow him. He's gonna lead the way. And if he does, you just got to win the first one, move on to the second one. I hope it happens, but I'm nervous. Well, sure you're nervous, but if he says he's good to go and we need him, and he wants to play, obviously, all right, that gives the Orange a better chance at, at winning any game. Okay, so let's do it. It's not beyond the realm of possibility. You don't count him out. Win one game, then you win the next game. Scooby, it, it's simple. Yeah, you got to look at the the cold hard facts though, and be honest with yourself. Which I am. It's just I choose to, I just choose to believe. But yeah, it was twenty percent, five out of twenty five. Why can't that change? Why can't that change? Why can't that improve? Buddy and Joe, four out of twenty from distance. Ugh. Why why can't that get better on Wednesday? I mean, I've said that before. The reality is that could get better on Wednesday, and then it could. Drop like a rock in a well the game after that. Um, it is a problem. There is a trend there that is impossible to ignore, that they were one sort of team the first half of the season and another when it comes to shooting the three the second half of the season. Miami was 13 of 15, 86% from the free throw line. Syracuse was 63 for, 63%, excuse me, 12 out of 19. There's a couple points left on the line right there. It could have affected things. Man, it's bummed out to end the season that way, but all we can do is move on. Once again, the Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. It was an overtime loss, okay? It yeah. pushed it to overtime. Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. I'm gonna just going to wait till Wednesday, 9.30, tip off. That's all that matters now. It's literally all that matters. Jim's gonna... it's, it's like when you try when you want to interview Coach Beheim after these games, like the day after, if it's beyond the post-game press conference, he didn't want to talk about the last game anymore because he's already thinking about the next game. And it's like, it's over. I talked about it in the post-game press conference. He really doesn't want to talk about the last game. He wants to talk about the next game. That's where his focus is. I, 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 all right. I was going to move on, but but I'll, I'll just I'll leave the Syracuse discussion, Syracuse basketball discussion with this. You know, 
you look at the numbers and Joe Girard, he made some freshman mistakes, but I do like his heart. I, I like the fact that he's fearless and give me the ball. Even though a, a, a numerous, numerous shots were questionable, his shot selection, a lot of it contested. Maybe he shouldn't have taken those shots. You could argue that. And of, and of course, it, it's a great argument because it's true. But it's tough to ask Joe Girard, a freshman, to close a game. Here's Jim. Yeah, I mean, he, he is an aggressive player. He's not ready yet to do that, but he did it against NC State. He did it when we didn't have Elijah. Uh, but the last three or four games, he hasn't been good, and he's just, you know, he's deferring to Elijah and, and those guys. But he's capable of doing that. It's just He's just not – you don't want to ask a freshman to have to do that. There you go. Uh, you don't want to ask locker or a locker room to be open to reporters, though. The coronavirus thing in the NHL. A couple days ago, the news came out. I'm sure you've seen the statement. And, and I mean, they're the first ones. I don't know if it's an overreaction or not, Scoop. But, I mean, LeBron James said, I'm not playing in empty arenas. It's it's out there and we're dealing well, that, with that, it. That, that's, that's another thing altogether, which seems kind of odd that the NBA would come out and say that, well, you know, if this coronavirus thing, you, you may have to play the games without anybody there. Well, like, what are you talking about? But I'm, I'm looking at this going, okay, what what's going to happen during the tournament? I, you know what I'm saying? Where is yeah. this going to go? This is like, whoa. We've got uh, bands canceling concerts. There are discussions about, you know, can we have hockey games? Can we have basketball games? I guess the point is, it, can we go to church? What the NHL did is something you, you're going to see possibly start happening. Well, you are seeing it happen in other places, but in major sports, are you going to see this? What happens if you know Final Four and you can't get people together? Because what if this really does break out? Is it overhyped? I, I don't you know. You know what will happen? We'll live. Yeah. We'll we, be okay because yeah. it's other things are more important. We'll find other things to watch on TV. It'll be okay. A couple days ago, here's a statement from uh, the NHL. Starting today, the NHL plans to close dressing room access to media on recommendations of Centers for Disease Control and effort to stop the spread of coronavirus. NBA, MLB, and MLS are expected to follow. Media availabilities will now be conducted in formal press conference areas. So, I mean, they're still going to have the post-game stuff, but they're saying you got to be like six feet apart from or six feet away from another human, basically. Wash your hands a lot, things like that. I'm just like, wow. I mean, you're going to see this. It does it doesn't include NCAA tournament, NIT tournament, uh, go on and on and on with this XFL. It's not stopping people from making beer snakes in the XFL, but we'll get to that in a couple minutes. Well, look what's happening with, you know, the stock market today and the last week. And obviously there's an oil thing going on today, which pushing where the stock market is going. But people are frightened, and the stock market doesn't like uh, the unknown. Okay, and people are frightened of the unknown, so they're afraid about. Well, geez, what do we do about March Madness? What do we, what do, we do about all these basketball games? You might have to sit home and read a book. You might have to lift weights in your house. You might have to stay in for a while. You know, we are learning more about this. We have the bestest and brightest minds in the entire world working on it. Let me assure you, nobody wants this to be a crazy uh, pandemic across the globe. Some would say it is already. I, I don't know. I, the the flu in general, the regular flu, kills a lot of people. Well, we got a lot of people 
it's like people get uh, infected with this coronavirus, but then they don't necessarily have it, but they can transmit it. They're, uh, hey, look, this is the hysteria. Remember AIDS? Remember Magic Johnson coming on and announcing, I have HIV, I am HIV positive? In that era, we didn't know what that meant. There was a whole discussion about, well, geez, what if somebody bleeds and I got to play basketball against Magic and I, I cut him or whatever? These were whole discussions we had because we didn't know the science yet. Ebola. We're learning the Ebola's more recently. It was, I'm old enough to remember that was uh, five, six years ago. Uh, I mean, but this is what LeBron, LeBron said this the other night. Play games without the fans? Yeah. No, it's impossible. I ain't playing. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got the fans in the crowd. That's what I play for. Play for my teammates. Play for, I play for the fans. That's what it was all about. So if I show up to an arena and ain't no fans in there, I ain't playing. Before we step aside, though, International Women's Day, all-female broadcast, Blues, Blackhawks last night, every single human involved in that game from in front of the cameras to behind the scenes was a female, and they did a fantastic job. Kate Scott was on the call, did play-by-play. Kendall Coyne Schofield and A.J. Walesco knocked it out of the park. Blues, Blackhawks, I definitely tuned in to watch as much of that as I could in dealing with the kids around the house. I don't know if you caught any of that. I, I did not. Fantastic thing. Uh, these are these ladies, by the way, all work regularly in in sports broadcast. It was just they brought them all together in one group to run it from top to bottom. Perfect to, for International Women's Day. And they did a great job. I have no problem with it. There was a lot of butthurt guys whining about it on Twitter. Oh, brother. Yeah, it was just like, stop. Those ladies, you know, the problem is they're better than a lot of the guys out there. They just are. It's it's a simple thing. And fact. the guys that are upset about it would never admit that. Doesn't matter if you're male or female. If you're a good sports broadcaster, you're a good sports broadcaster. We'll step aside. Quick sports. In some people's minds, it's going to be 1950 forever. It's not. It's 2020. Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. The Verdict Lexus and Verdict BMW basketball postgame show. Seth Everett and Eric Devendorf breaking down everything that happens in SU's AC tournament games after the game. Of course, you'll get that on Wednesday right here. About Matt Rashford doing what any of you can do, really. Subscribe to Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. I mean, there's a lot of SU basketball content on there and some reactions and some watch parties. But of course, Brent X. Could have been Matt Park, could have been Orange Nation, could have been Seth, could have been Centers of Attention, could be us right here on the Sports Illust Show giving it a watch. Matt Ratchford uh, quite regularly watches us on Twitch. He hit us up on Twitter. We're at ESPN Sportzilla. If you'd like to say hello, disagree. We do it respectfully, of course. That's the only thing. You can disagree. Let's be nice to each other. Let's be nice to those ladies, those female broadcasters. If you were just watching on Twitch like Matt was, then you realize we had a little discussion saltier discussion on Twitch than maybe we did on the air. NBA, though, man, let's talk about that because you know what? You want to bring up female broadcasters in International Women's Day. Doris Burke is one of the best in the business, in my humble opinion. I know you agree with me, Scoop. Oh, yeah, we, we've absolutely. talked about how great yeah. she is. And she's she's taken on with the passing of Stuart Scott, as you know, uh, very prominent when the NBA gets into the playoffs and especially during the finals. And I think that she does a great job. She's a great interviewer. She's a great interviewer. She hits the tone perfectly no matter who she's talking to. She does a great job. I just think she asks the perfect question That's it. at any given moment. 
So can I bring her into the discussion? I've got some sound Absolutely. From, from Doris Burke. Her with uh, Jay Williams talking about whether, well, she's not sure that the Lakers are actually better than the Clippers, even though the Lakers just beat the Clippers yesterday. Well, see, that's just it, though. The The Lakers had lost twice to the Clippers right. and once to the Bucks. Right. So this was a big weekend. This was a statement weekend, as you probably have heard other broadcasters say. This was a statement weekend for the Lakers where they needed to make a point. And LeBron James put the exclamation point on that statement. I even heard Mike Breen say it's just remarkable the level that he is playing at at 35, 17 years into the game. Jay Williams, Doris Burke, their comments. I also question the Lakers still, their bench, their bench scoring. They only had six bench points in the first half. Avery Bradley stepped up massively in this game with 24 points. Deion Waiters, I think, could help that. But you always felt like the Clippers were in the game, and you wonder how many times will Lou Will go three for 12, or also Marcus Morris, who averages 19 points per game, only have one point. Lou Williams is an interesting person in this, because if you watch what happened down the stretch of the game, LeBron James manipulated the chess pieces until he got the matchup with Lou Williams, and eventually you take him out of the game and you put Patrick Beverly in. The Clippers have more scoring. Jay Williams continues, though, says the Clippers are still the best team in the West. I still have the Clippers as the favorite out of the West just because I think they still have a scoring punch. And I, I do believe that I don't think there was the same sense of urgency from the Clippers that you have from the Lakers considering they had already won two games. And I would have to think that Doc Rivers, Ty Lue, Sam Cassell and company, that they would be able to strategize on what the right scheme is because LeBron James had to do so much in this ball game. You know, if you take the ball out of his hands, who else is really making plays for them? Maybe try to blitz him more. There's definitely no way they showed their entire hand in this one ball game. I would like to be having these types of discussions about my New York Knicks at some point in time. I also know Kenny Atkinson, no longer the coach of the Nets. Did you see that? Because a lot is yes. coming out how he does not want to deal with, well, he just he doesn't want to deal with KD. And he doesn't want to deal with your favorite player that used to be on the Cavaliers. You know what I'm talking about? Kyrie. Yeah, he doesn't want to deal with Kyrie either. And, of course, it's been tough this year because he was injured. But it's it's... It, it destroyed the superstar culture destroys what he built with the Nets, which was team and everybody buying in and the way that they do things. They were pretty successful last year. Not quite as good this year, but he's a really good coach. And suddenly, suddenly a potential candidate to take over the New York Knicks. But I digress as we were talking about LeBron and, and their statement and the Clippers. Go ahead. I know you were nodding your head. Well, I, I thought I heard uh, that last uh, spokesperson, Jay Williams, you talking want to, head. You want to hear the last part of it? S- say that it, the Clippers hadn't shown all their hand. Here you go. Was it the Clippers? Try to blitz him more. There's definitely no way they showed their entire hand in this one ball game. It was about the Clippers. You're absolutely right. But do you think the Lakers have showed their entire hand? I, I think that I don't know that either of those teams have done that in any of those three matchups this season. You show your entire hand when it's playoff time. Well, when, did, and, and in a Western Conference championship, which both of these teams are picked for, that's when you're going to see everything all the time right now. <laughs> you're going to go for it. And I don't know. I mean, did you see Anthony Davis's best game? Did you see – what What if Deion Waiters becomes uh, – a key component of the Lakers over the last part of the season here. We don't know any of that yet. I did enjoy LeBron James getting a little uh, back at you with Patrick Beverly after, you know, Christmas Day. That was that was kind of fun. I don't know that 
either team showed their entire hand, you know? I mean, because these games don't matter as much as the games at the end of the season, and they just – that's just the way it is. Did you – did you happen to notice a guy named Dion Waiters on the bench? And did you happen to pay attention to the fact that it was discussed that they could make one more roster spot available? And we brought this up last week. Others have talked about the fact that J.R. J.R. Smith also worked out. And J.R. Smith is he's in his early 30s now, but he's a shooter. He's a streak shooter. He's somebody that you bring him in and you get him ready for the playoff run. They could add, and they will be adding, and could add even more depth to this team. So be careful. Be yeah. careful. And it doesn't have to be JR. It could be who knows that who else. Who knows? I will say this. You've got Kawhi on the Clippers and you've got LeBron on the Lakers. Two guys that understand they're getting to the finish line right now because you said it best. What matters is what happens in the playoffs. They're managing things because then it's it's all out. You're going to see that LeBron, the LeBron you saw this weekend, when he's got something to prove, because he wants this ring in Los Angeles. He wants a Lakers championship, and he's the guy that brought him there. He's the leader that brought him there, along with Anthony Davis. I'm telling you, you'll see. You'll see. There was, it's going to be epic. It's there, just going to be epic. There was so much more on the line for the Lakers this weekend, and LeBron versus the Bucks and the Clippers, because they hadn't beaten them yet. They got this great record, but those teams had beaten them. They had lost one to the Bucks and two to the Clippers. All right, well, you got to beat your crosstown rival. Well, and LeBron mean mugged his way through the weekend. I mean, come on, that was all over Twitter. The LeBron mean mug. He was serious. This was not kidding around for him. And he did it over the span of three days. One tough game on a Friday night and a tough game on a Sunday afternoon. Now, we get to playoff time, you get that kind of schedule. It's a little more unrelenting, you know, and he's known for taking a day off. We talk about load management here. You save it for later. They're saving Kawhi for later, giving guys nights off, let the other fellas get some time, maybe see what you have in them. That's what's going on here. It's a beautiful day outside, Scoop. It really is. I'm looking out these windows as we're just discussing. LeBron couldn't mean mug the beautiful day we're having. Yeah, I mean, we're just discussing some basketball on a beautiful day. It's 60 degrees. The Sportsilla Show ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. So on the subject of, well, let's take LeBron to the game against the Bucs. And you did notice that there was a tweak of the knee for Giannis. He's now going to be out a couple of games. Speaking of load management that you would brought up. I noticed that, you know, it's the time to do it. Make sure there's nothing wrong in there. Let him heal up. Let it be right 100% and then move on. Because, you know, who's got the best record in the West as of right now? The Lakers. You know who's got the best record in the NBA? The Bucks. So there's a, a potential NBA Finals team right there. It was interesting to note also Pat Beverly said it's not really that hard to guard LeBron. I don't know if you heard that post-game comment. Can you describe the challenge um, it is defensively when LeBron... No challenge. But particularly the end of the game... No can, challenge. Can you describe the describe what it's like as a defender to when he tries to force the, the switch? Not hard at all. Hard? Thank you guys. I appreciate you. 
Oh, it's no challenge. It's no <laughs> challenge. That's why you did that little dance and crazy gesticulation at the end of that game on Christmas Day when you made that big play because it's no challenge. Because you've been there before, right, Patrick Beverly? You are talking some horrible crap right now, and you're butthurt because you just lost a game. You want to hear some more uh, smack talk that's fun? Go you ahead, fire, give give LeBron some uh, bulletin board material for the next time you guys meet meet up. Well, that's that right there. But that's the thing about the NBA is there is always some butt hurt Twitter beefs, nonsense, smack talk, playground crap. And I'm not going to lie, it's a soap opera, and I love every minute of it. Draymond Green, did you catch his comments about Charles Barkley smacking him? Yes, I did. I did see that. That was uh, that was funny. It was very funny. If you haven't heard it, no, Barkley should stop before I go take his job done. I can do that well, too. He already didn't make enough money playing, so he need that job. He should stop talking to me. I like the tendency to end people. So he got a tendency to end people. If he keep talking, uh, you know, I'll take you soon. Sooner than he thinks. So, yeah, he probably should be quiet. He also can't talk basketball with me either. Not smart enough, not qualified. No oh. rings, can't sit at this table. No rings, can't sit at this table. Go ahead, we got to go to break. Uh, I, what's he going to do? Kick Charles in the gonads? No, no. You're going to see uh, him eventually taking Charles' job on inside the NBA there or whatever. He's a, he's a very bright basketball guy. He is okay, but again, this is the reaction, the the butt hurt reaction. And I will point out the 180 degree opposite reaction of, say, a Joel Embiid who gets criticized by those guys and, and says, you know what, maybe I need to work on this, that, and the other thing. Maybe I need to be better. If Draymond was as good as he thinks he is, and I'm not saying he's not a good basketball player. And, and why does that team have the worst record in basketball? That's exactly right. It, it was You've been there this year. I think that with your leadership, you could have, help them do a little better than 15 wins. They're worse than the Knicks right now, record-wise. They're worse than the Knicks. Okay, now, of course, you got Steph back, and I understand you lost KD and Klay Thompson, not part of the equation and whatnot. You know what? Andrea Godala was pretty important, a pretty important part of their success as well as a reserve role guy, whatever, six man. I mean, come on, Draymond. You got to be, yeah, what did you say? Butthurt? Was that it? Yeah. I think you're on to something. NFL and XFL. We're talking football on a beautiful day next to the SportsZilla Show. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Lane and Scoop. NFL Players Association has moved the voting deadline to March 14th. Players now have until then to submit a final vote on what has been proposed. That's some big news. Josh Norman to the Bills, other big news. So he was with the Panthers when Sean McDermott was a coordinator there, and he became a first-team All-Pro, then signed with Washington. That was a free agent deal, richest contract ever. Well, to save some cap space, it cut him because it's 12.5 mil. Signed a six-year deal, could reach eight with incentives for the Bills. Levi Wallace, of course, was undrafted out of Alabama, but he had shoulder surgery. So you Buffalo Williams fans know you got a little competition for him now. In the backfield. I think it's a good move. He's 32. He's a known commodity. They know what he brings to the table. You know, sometimes there's a few headaches, but straight up, if he's healthy, he could still play. You got one guy who's trying to come back from this injury and prove that he can do that. You got another guy who's 
familiar to the coach from the last team yeah. who really didn't have great years and is looking to play his way back into the league's good graces. So that's competition at training camp. I think it's a great move because I, I have to think that at 32 now, perhaps he's matured enough that he realizes you're not the superstar anymore. You've got a role to play on this team. You have a chance to earn the starting job, and he knows that going in. And with the culture created these last few seasons with Sean McDermott, something very good is building in Buffalo. You said that on Friday where you're like, maybe this is where it took 20 years, but they're starting to get back in a place where you're going to build a solid winning team, and you look at the nonsense in New England, and Brady's eventually going to get old. It might take a couple more years. I I really thought the Bills had a good chance to pass New England this past year. Didn't do it, but I certainly think they've got a very good chance the next couple of years because the Bills are ascendant and the Patriots are on their way down. You've got a good young quarterback that you're building off of going into his third year. You have a solid roster. It's just accentuating that roster finding those places that you had some weaknesses. And it's tough to argue that there was a lot of weaknesses defensively. They were one of the better teams in the league. But this just makes them uh, incrementally a little bit better than they were. I think it's a good move. We'll have to see how it plays out, but I think it's a good move. I mean, on paper, it seems that way. Give the guy a chance. They're going to have other guys into camp, which they hope to coach up. Younger guys. Give him a chance. Give him a shot. Coach knows him. Coach liked him. Obviously, he's a bit removed from his huge contract signing era, you know. Uh, So, look, and he's got something to prove. You want a guy that's got something to prove that's a little hungry. How about Eric Dungy? How about start that guy if you're in Dallas, who the New York Guardians beat 30-12? to Man, it just... I don't understand. What do you got to do to give this guy a chance? He he's got he was inactive. It I mean, makes me wonder if there's something going on that we don't know about beyond like, you know, what he went through with his dad and everything. Yeah, that's all. Is, I, is there an injury maybe or like why not give it a try? Like I mean, you, now this coming week it got to right. As far as the XFL in week five, Houston thirty two, Seattle twenty three. They're not that good. Talking about, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm looking at uh, head to Tampa Bay, who's really not that good. Uh, let's see. New York 30 over Dallas 12, D.C. 15, St. Louis 6, L.A. 41, Seattle 34. I mean, that's neither here nor there because a couple of great things happened in the XFL. And I know it's probably not as popular as it was, say, in week one, and some eyes have diverted it to to some different directions. And on social media, you would think that with D.C., the only thing that happened was that amazing beer steak, but we'll get to that in a second. It wasn't that. It was actually this statement the XFL released regarding the Seattle-Houston game. And I'm going to read it to you, Scoop. Saturday's Seattle Dragons-Houston Roughnecks game should not have ended as it did. Replays showed clearly that the knee of Houston quarterback P.J. Walker touched the field, rendering him down, and the fourth down play officially completed. With approximately two seconds remaining on the clock, effectively turning the ball over to Seattle on downs. With a nine-point differential in the score, Seattle was denied an opportunity to tie the game. The XFL sincerely regrets this error. In addition, Wes Booker, who served as officiating supervisor for Saturday's game, has been reassigned. Guess who needs to adopt that kind of accountability? You never see that in the National Football League, and you better. Because you know what? If I'm watching the XFL 
and I'm an NFL fan, which it just seems like the two marry together, I'm going to have an issue with that this year when more crap comes up with the officiating, which is, as we all know, pretty much garbage. There's corporate arrogance to the max with regards to the NFL. It's embarrassing. It is. They act like they are Lord God King Bufu, for crying out loud. And now they've got the XFL nipping at their heels, doing some things better than they are. Competition is good, isn't it? It sure is. It it, it raises these questions. It it raises these contrasts, which are good things. I, you would never hear the NFL say the NFL sincerely regrets this error. Commissioner Godeldo would never say those words. He would never put them in a press release because he's too high and mighty. I, and the league is, it's the shield. We don't, well, we're, we're going to look at that and take it under advisement. It's a bunch of, Double talk. There's no intention of doing anything about and it. And they can't figure out their rules. They can't figure out what a catch is. It's embarrassing. And the XFL is showing them how to do some things a lot better, quite frankly, with regards to the extra points, the variety of things you can go for with that, and the kickoffs. I mean, there's a lot of interesting things that this league is doing. You know, you even see some college teams say, hey, we're going to try this in our spring game or whatever. It was a, it was a, a moving day type of week weekend for the XFL. we got to dig a little deeper into that. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow. I did just want to point out one last thing here on the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio. So speaking of nicknames, which you just gave um, Roger Goodell, we have Mike Santiago in studio with us. Put your mic on. Yes. Uh, we're calling him Mike San Diego now. You can see what he looks like at Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv. But please, you have the stats in front of you about the beer snake. Okay? I do, yes. And if you didn't see the D.C. Defenders game, it's it's just pretty much fantastic and remarkable. And that's probably the one thing that exploded on social media as far as the XFL is concerned. Just give them the numbers, the raw numbers. It's amazing. <laughs> it, this is incredible. We have 1,237 cups. 19,792 ounces of beer consumed. Unbelievable group uh, group effort. Yep. Uh, Seriously, just so, so many cups. One commissioner uh, contribution. And I'm looking at a picture of this. Who thought of this beer snake thing? Well, did you see? This is absolute marketing genius. It it, it absolutely is. Did you see him add a cup to it? By the way, he had a beer and he added a cup to it. The commissioner of the XFL. You're not going to see Roger Goodell (laughs) doing that. In an NFL stadium. Yeah, he's going to be up in the box with Jerry Jones looking at his funny cross eyes. Speaking of marketing genius, there's a couple of things happening. One in the XFL, one in Major League Baseball. And I want to touch on those two things next and give you something out of left field from Minor League Baseball. But we'll come back about the trans, uh, come back with the transparency of the XFL out of the mouth of Oliver Luck. And that's what we'll do next in the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Lane and Scoop. Join us Wednesday night for a special watch party for Syracuse ACC Tournament Opener featuring former SU guard Eric Devendorf. While you're watching on TV or listening on the radio, pull up Q Sports Talk on Twitch for instant analysis and reaction. Watch, chat, and for the first time, call in live during the game with your questions for Devo. 
and share your thoughts on the game Wednesday night only on twitch.tv slash Talk. Scoop, what happened at uh, spring practice for the Q's? Well, the headline from Syracuse.com, Tommy DeVito's first practice with Sterling Gilbert started with monster energy drinks. I'm just glad there's a little spring football. It's a perfect day to get outside. About 7 o'clock in the morning, a couple of monster energy drinks, and they got at it. Uh, the mic'd up. Uh, actually, no, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let me stay with football for a second, okay? Oliver Luck, about the transparency of the XFL. If you were listening in the last segment of the Sportsilla show, I read the statement directly. They basically re- reassigned suspended, punished an official for a bad call is basically what happened. So here you go. Well, we gathered you know, very quickly after that game. I think we all realized that uh, we made a mistake. Our fishing crew made a mistake. We had uh, you know Dean Blandino, who oversees all of our officials, on the line, the referee crew, uh, et cetera, and, and realized, listen, we made a mistake. There's no sense trying to deny that. Uh, let's apologize. You know, I, I I I felt terrible for the you know the Dragons and, and Jim Zorn. They had one more play, two seconds left, and should have had that opportunity. So you know, I think this is this is my theory because you know we allow uh, fans to eavesdrop to listen in on the conversations between the referees and the sky judge when there's a contested call. I think that's humanized these referees. And I think that fans now begin to realize these referees just want to get it right. But they're humans. And like all of us, we're not infallible. We make mistakes. And when you make a mistake, you know, I was always taught, right, Mike, to, to, to own up to it. Yep, absolutely. And say, we're sorry. We apologize. Uh, it won't happen again. Love that transparency. Also, I love the transparency. That's winning them a lot of goodwill, by the way, with football fans. But so is miking up the players in Major League Baseball. Am I wrong that the narrative has changed. All we talked about was the cheating scandal. And for the last week or so, all I've seen baseball fans talk about is how awesome it is that all of these players have been mic'd up. I might consider bringing that into the major league season if you can get teams or certain guys or certain players to to agree to it. It's been fantastic for the game. I know we're up against the break, but go ahead, Scoop. Well, I mean, I've read a lot about that, but I'm reading a lot about Aaron Judge and... I know you're a Yankees yeah, guy, and there's a, there's a lot of frustration about his health. Been a lot of distractions. Also want everybody to know that there is a minor league double-A team, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, who are doing on April 30th a plumbers and chiropractors say yes to crack night. I love minor league baseball. <laughs> Plumber butt crack. We've got Brent Axe on the block next. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Sports Illustrated Show out. See you tomorrow at 3.